In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm lucky to be here with Jack Duffin. Jack's done an excellent article, and he's going to break it down to me. Someone who's a little bit simple. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, it feels weird having a uh, Sunday, and it's finally dawned on upon us. So it's, it's many a month until Browns football's back. But um, we did have two interesting games last night. They were close. Um, they weren't particularly riveting. But um, hey, they were close and you can't complain about that. I thought they were riveting, Jack. I don't know about you. Uh, I fell asleep through both, but uh, that was probably due to the state of me rather than the state of the game. No, I thought the, um, the Buffalo game was, you know, went into overtime and uh, I like games like that. I don't know which way they're going to go and it could have easily gone either way. So, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a good game. And um, yeah, let's talk about the Pats. I, I know that you openly admit that you were interested in them when you first started watching uh, NFL, but just don't seem the same pats, do they? No, the, the offense has been poor nearly all season, and offense wins. For all the nonsense you hear about, our oh, defense wins championships, nah, defense don't matter. It's all about offense. Um, offense is the deciding factor, um, and uh, yeah, it, it just hasn't been good all season. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. You've got a storyline around Bill Belichick. You've got a storyline around Tom Brady. You've got a storyline around Josh McDaniels. What's going to happen? No one knows. Yeah, and uh, let's keep it on the Browns theme then. So, uh, Josh McDaniels, do you th- think he did himself any favours last night? Or um, they don't really care. They'll look at the last uh, years of uh, tape on him. Yeah, you're judging someone on years um, because one game doesn't change anything. At the end of the day, everyone can have one bad game. Um, Cam Newton had one really good season, which he won MVP. The rest of it, it's been so up and down. Um, even a single year isn't enough evidence to go, yeah, this is really good, this is really bad. Um, it's hard to judge just on pure performance. So um, you need that larger sample size and who knows? We, we'll see. I don't think anything changed with that. The only advantage from our perspective is he's not still involved in the playoffs, so he can get straight into looking at um, where shall I be a head coach, who shall I interview, so that can speed up the process a lot more. Excellent. And um, tell us a little bit more about this article, um, because you've put it together. It's got a lot of interest on Twitter. People can go to the links. We'll pull it on our, our, with the podcast. But it's all about Kareem Hunt. And for me, mate, it seems quite simple. Let's just tie him in for three years. But you're looking at it, or as many years as we possibly can, but you're looking at it a bit more from a cap space side. And uh, you can educate me a little bit more about it. Yeah, so we've got an interesting situation with Kareem Hunt. Because he's done three years, he's a restricted free agent this off-season, which gives the Browns a few choices. So there's three sort of top choices. You can give him a long-term contract, because after a player's done three years, you can negotiate a long-term deal. You can give him a restricted free agency tender. And the three types of tender is first round, second round, or original round. 
And where he was drafted in the third round of the 2017 draft, the original round tenders, then a third rounder. And so the team, can, uh, the third other option, obviously, is let him walk in free agency. But let's just cut that. They're not going to allow him to just walk out of the building. So it's between tendering and a long-term deal. And what time, lane, what time limits are we talking on this as well? Because is this something that we've got to do between now and September or has to be done ASAP? Uh, I, I want to say 10th of May. I think it's somewhere around May time. I, May time? No, because the draft's in March time. But what, I have to be March because the draft's in April and it's all done before that. So I think it's the 10th of March is the date that rings in my head. So there's no hurry on what tender we have to give. I'm just thinking like we haven't got a GM at the moment. You know, like the new GM, I am guess the Haslam's wouldn't sign him or Podesta wouldn't sign him now. So we have got some time to get a GM in and then look at the contract. Yeah, there's no hurry on it because if you're giving a tender, the player can either sign that tender or not play in the NFL. So they're always going to sign that tender because you can just tender them forever. And if they reject the tender, then they never play in the NFL um, and their whole career is done. So they're effectively retiring. So the player's got no control here. Um, so you can do whatever you fancy, really. Okay, great. Well, let's go into a little bit more detail there, mate, about it. So the tenders are a non-guaranteed contract. So um, you then got... These are just the cap figures for this year. A first round tender will pay him 4.7 million this year. A second round tender will pay 3.3 and an original round tender will pay 2 million. So they're the three different things and it's just a one year contract. There's nothing any longer with it. So that's your three tenders. But then it really comes down to what's your position on Kareem Hunt? Do you want him here long term? Because we are in a unique position where there's only one team in the NFL that can negotiate a contract currently with Kareem Hunt, and that's the Browns. Because he is contracted to the Browns, we can just negotiate that deal and choose what we want to do with that. You've then got a, um, another one of we can tender him to keep him for this season, or we can tender him and either just put it out in the market and see if anyone wants to offer him a contract, and then we can either match it or let him go for a pick. Or we can just straight up trade him. If someone comes in with a trade and goes, oh, we're going to give him this, we'll go, done deal, let's move him on. So there's the sort of three different routes of sign him long-term, um, tender to keep, or tender to move or trade. And uh, looking at Chubb, for example, he's on a, got, we've got him for three more years of potential to sign him, or two more years. Yeah, he's of course, got two more years. He's a second round. So um, we've got two more years, plus we've got the guarantee to do a, an extra year if we want to. Oh, we can franchise tag. He wasn't a first rounder, so only a first rounder gets a fifth-year option. Um, so where he was taken in the 35th pick, um, we get, you get four years. After the third year, as all players in the NFL, you can start negotiating a deal. Um, but you've got four years of Kareem Hunt um, until you have to pay the guy. So Chubb is on what per year at the moment? A, a few million. Um, so it, we've got, we've he's definitely on got room. Deal. We've definitely got room in the running back to give him some money. Well, we you can't just look at a single room because obviously the Browns have overspent the salary cap for the last three years. So okay. it's not like... If we're spending that money, that's going away from an extension for Baker, an extension for Garrett... 
if every decision you make, why can't we sign Joe Schobert? Because we've overspent the salary cap for the last three years. Lots of these factors all link in together. So Nick Chubb this year's on this year being next season, which is 2020, is on two million, and then he's on 2.3 million the year after that. Um, but rookie deals are always famously low, famously cheap. All right, good. And um, so um, here's a question for you. If he went out to the, um, to say, free, free market, what do you think Hunt would cost a team uh, at the moment? So that, that's the f- first thing to look at. What's a long-term deal going to cost? And do we want to pay that? So if we look at the running back market and all the numbers I use are always over the cap, they do their history of contracts. And it's the average per year of the deal as a percentage of the salary cap is a really good way to judge it because the salary cap obviously goes up every single year. So looking at a deal where running back got a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago is irrelevant in a pure salary cap number. But if you start looking at percentages of the cap, you start getting a really solid trend. So if we look at tier one of the running back contract market at the moment in just average per year as a percentage, you get Todd Gurley leads tier one with 8.1%, Ezekiel Elliott with 8%, David Johnson with 7.3%, Le'Veon Bell with 7%. So that's your tier one. And then you get another tier, which is tier two. And you've got Devontae Freeman on 4.9%. Jerick McKinnon on 4.2, Lamar Miller on 4.2. So looking at those two tiers, he's obviously better than that second tier. You're looking at Jerick McKinnon, Lamar Miller, players like that. He's better than that. Are you going to pay him the sort of 7% Lev Bell's getting? I'm going to say no. So I'm going I'm to drop it a percent. I'm going to put it right in the middle. Not, he's not on the 5% tier. He's not on the 7% tier. So let's call him 6%. Yep. Average per year of next season, of the NFL salary cap, which is 200 million, is going to be 12 million a year. So most of them running backs on average looking at a four-year deal. If you're just going to look at purely at numbers, 6%, four years, that's 48. So let's just call it 50 million as a deal. And that's what you're going to be looking to pay as sort of the middle of tier one, tier two. If you want to keep Kareem Hunt for four more years, which is what he'll want. He's not going to take a two-year deal because he might no longer be in a position to play, get an injury. That, that's 50 million. Mate, but surely Hunt has got a uh, premium or anti-premium because of the trouble he's been in. So surely someone like Hunt's going to think, okay, I'm worth 50 million. His agent's telling me he's worth 50 million. But then they must be thinking, you cause all this trouble. A lot of teams don't want you on our team. You know, you have to take a deal at 30 million, for example. Or is that just totally garbage? Tyreek Hill got paid and he uh, beat up his pregnant girlfriend. Um, the league don't care, honestly. Um, when, when the incident happened and right on the back of that, no one really wanted to touch him. And that's why the Browns could get him. Now we're in a position where the league doesn't care as much. So he, he can get paid. If he wants to get paid, even if he ends up taking that sort of one-year tender after that, He's back and he's clean as a player, seen publicly. So someone will happily pay the guy. Mm. So it then comes to that question of if if we decide that's the bar and you could probably throw in the um, tender and go, right, second round tender plus a four-year contract. Let's call it um, five years, 53 million. 
because you tie that tender in. So you're going to get one cheaper year, but you just average the number over. Do you really want to give Kareem Hunt a five-year, £53 million deal? Or even if you cut it to the three years of paid and the tender, um, what's that going to be? 12, 12, 12. That's going to be £40 million for four years. So you're still looking at a solid, solid amount of money. That's from the Browns' perspective. Obviously, everyone else isn't going to get that tender discount. Um, so you're looking at some serious money there. And the question comes, if you decide you want to pay that, that's the end of Nick Chubb with the Cleveland Browns because you are not going to have two running backs taking up, let's say, 15% of the NFL salary cap. It's just never going to happen. So... It... Yeah, Jack, question for you there, mate. Quick one is, if you think Chubb's... A six percent. What do you think? Sorry, if Hunt's a six percent, what do you think Chubb is? Is he in the seven percent? Oh yeah, he's definitely in that seven to eight percent. For me, that's talking at the market. I'm obviously never paying a running back a <laughs> veteran premium because that's only what stupid teams do. And if you look at these teams, Todd Gurley eight point one percent. They certainly regret that now. Ezekiel Elliott. If they're not able to sign Dak, Byron Jones, some really influential people, and Pollard's playing just as well as Zeke Elliott. They regret that. David Johnson, they certainly regret that. Le'Veon Bell, there's talks about trading him. They regret that. Jarek McKinnon, 4.2%. That's an injury rather than that. Um, Lamar Miller, 4.2%. They regret that. that. All of these running backs, there's one thing that links them all, regret. So every time these running backs get paid that veteran deal, no one's ever celebrating it three years later. They're wondering what the hell that front office was doing. Here's a question for you, Jack. Forget about the market in the aspect of what the Browns would have to pay these people. What do you, oh, forget about all the players one. What do you think with your cap knowledge to balance up the books that you would pay Chubb and Hunt to fit into your ideal uh, cap balanced roster? Uh, A continuation of what they are on. Um, rookie deal so I'm, I'm talking like two million a year is uh two three million a year is as high as i'm going to go because i can go and draft a player that ha- is fresher because they haven't been in the league um is expendable and you can cut them whereas if you've got a solid guarantee of jobs getting paid for three years um he knows that even if he goes down he, he, he saves his houses you, you don't want to put yourself in that position so for me you, you just don't pay them um there, there is no long-term value to it um, yeah, they might go produce for one, two years, but you've got to pay them for four to get the deal done. So if they perform for two and then fail for two, you just shouldn't have paid them in day one. No, mate, I, re- I really get the strategy, mate, um, myself. Uh, and I know it's so easy to look at Chubb as being an absolute superstar this year and people going, well, you're wrong. We need players like that. But I fully understand the balance of having a equal cap space that then it makes sense just taking rookie running backs and then dumping them before any co- contract extensions. I, I get that. So, um, and the, the Browns are in a great position because theoretically we can control Chubb's contract for two more years. We can't, we can franchise it the third year, but that'd be a very expensive tag, wouldn't it? Yeah. You, you don't want to be franchising um, unless it, it, you see that person as a, complete game changer that you can't live without which if you see a running back that way your GM's probably not understanding where the game's at because like Bell was franchised wasn't he if I'm correct and what was he on like 
15 or something i don't remember what it was it was um it's a large amount i think you're looking at sort of uh 10 million um but obviously the numbers goes up each year so just looking at franchise a running back this year you're looking at 12 and a half million well wow. um so by the time chubbs there potentially jump in the market you, you're looking at 15 18 and if you're paying that then that that might be miles garrett you're not paying instead so are you really gonna keep nick chubb and get rid of miles garrett no <laughs> it's just a but we Going back to my original point, so we're still in a great position though because we got Chubb for two more years on that low salary, which agrees with your strategy. And then we've got Hunts that we can control one more year. Can we control it any more after that or no? And no, he, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So um, for, if, if Hunt is only controlled on the tender and we can go into the tenders and, and what round you should look to give that player. Um, and the other thing just to uh, keep an eye on is talking about the draft pick and I don't want to go too much back on the history but I was sat there thinking about the um, 2017 draft the other day um, so 17 that Baker came out it's 18 no it's 18, 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah. 2018 and what we did at the top of that second round the knock-on impact of who we took in Corbett and Chubb if you suddenly take instead Cortland Sutton and Harold Landry, two players that bang the table and we spoke about on this podcast, then suddenly you don't need to go and trade for OBJ and Vernon because you've got two players performing to a similar level. And then suddenly that frees up and you keep Peppers on your roster, you keep Zeitler, you keep um, Perryman, you keep Higgins, you have a first, you have a third, you have a load of cap space. That for me is a massive turning point. And even though Chubb performed really well, he's offensive player of the year for me, for the Browns. Um, that is a massive risk that was taken with drafting him where you could bring in two starters that have a knock-on impact. And that's why I get annoyed when a running back's taken so high because as we've seen with looking at this stuff, you're getting rid of them in four years. A four-year commitment to a, a pick at 33 or 35 is uh, it's eye-watering. Yeah, especially what you could also do with a high pick in the aspect of tie them in. Like the first rounder you can get theoretically for five years on a reasonably good uh, salary. Um, if I took someone in the sixth round, do I get them also for three years as well? Uh, so every draft pick signs a four-year deal. Four so year. every single draft pick, um, the first rounders, they get a fifth-year option. Um, but every player in the NFL, once they've done three years, and that's a crude season, so they've got to have um, played for six games um, then they can sign a, a long-term contract. If they've done three accrued seasons and their contract's expired, then they're a restricted free agent. If they've completed four accrued seasons, which is six games or more in that season, then they become an unrestricted free agent. They can sign for anyone and for however much money they want. But uh, the, the next thing to look at is, so we've looked and we've decided we don't want to pay Kareem Hunt, say, 50 um, for four or five years, depending on how you structure it with the tag in there. Um, if we want to tender him, but keep him on the roster. So for one year, what's the tender going to take to keep him here? And when you're deciding to tender someone, it's not about looking at your roster and what that player means to you. It's about looking at the rest of the league and going, what is the league willing to spend to get Kareem Hunt? And we're obviously going to get the chance to match that and everything else. But the simplest way to do that is let's look at, the running back market and who's been drafted the last four years in, say, the first round. 
And if we look at the running backs that have been taken in the first round of the NFL draft, uh, last four years, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Josh Jacobs. And the decision comes, would you prefer to have Kareem Hunt on, let's say, four years, 50 million? Or are you going to take one of these running backs for four years plus the fifth year option and you only need to pay them somewhere between 11 and a half, 20 million? Um, it's a simple choice. You're taking the first round running back and you're going to draft them. You're not going to give up your first round pick to get Kareem Hunt. So the first round tender, there's no point. You would rather have that running back. Don't waste it. Yep. It gets interesting when we look at the second round because lots of people have set that price of, I'll slap a second on him. Um, I think some teams will pay that. So we look at the list and it's about sort of getting the idea of it's a lucky dip out of these players. You might end up with one of the better end. You might end up at the bottom. So second round contracts this year, we're looking at nine to five million that these players are getting nine at the top of the second five at the bottom. So you've got Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Ronald Jones, Kerry on Johnson, Darius Guy, Miles Sanders. For me, I'm taking a lucky dip out of those running backs 100% of the time for what between 10% and 20% of the cost of Nick Chubb, uh, not Nick Chubb, of um, Kareem Hunt. So no one, if you put a second on him, no one is going to come and steal that. I did a poll on Twitter where um, asked Browns fans, it was like, would you rather pay 50 million for four years of Kareem Hunt or of those second round running backs, a lucky dip, and they're going to get a contract between somewhere between five and nine million. And I was shocked. 37% of people said they would pay and keep, um, keep Kareem Hunt, which I think is madness. But um, it was just shy of a thousand voted. So two thirds taking that lucky dip, a third will keep Kareem Hunt. So if you want a tender to keep him, that second looks really strong. Just to fill out the third round, so running backs taken last four years in the third round, Kenyon Drake, CJ Procise, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Dante Foreman, James Connor, Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Alexander Matteson. These contracts all around $3 million, so dirt cheap. You can get a solid running back in the third, but they're no guarantee. Um, so... That, that's there. And so the answer is, if anyone's out there going, I 100% want to keep Kareem Hunt for one year, what does it take? Put a second round tender on him. It's going to cost you um, 3.3 million. You keep him for one year. And then the advantage is, you've paid that. He'll then become an unrestricted free agent. And that's when he goes into free agency. And if a team goes out and then spends, let's say that four-year, 50 million pound deal you could get a fourth or a fifth round pick and you can get that back as a comp pick so you, we can still add a pick here um even if we put a tender on him um because we're not going to have the money in a year's time to be that active in free agency that's a really interesting point so we pick him up and we get a comp pick at the end of it yeah so um we keep him for that one year um we pay him the 3.3 million and then we get a comp pick because obviously if he gets injured and no one signs him, then we're not. But if he has a really good year and then he does well, then he'll go and uh, we get the comp pick. 
here's a question for you, Jack. Yep. What do you think someone who needs a running back like we did with Hyde last year, what do you think we could get uh, um, a draft pick for Hunt if we sign him up to a one-year deal? Do you think anyone would pay any uh, a pick for him? So, um, Bill O'Brien, obviously with the Houston Texans, made loads of bad trades this season from David Johnson to Laramie Tunsil. Um, so, you can't rule out that they're going to... Uh, Someone's going to offer up to a third, but a third's as high as it's going. You're not going to give up a second because we looked at that list. Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Ronald Jones, Kerryon Johnson, Darius Geis, Miles Sanders. You're taking that list over, Nick, um, over Kareem Hunt. And it's important to always balance out what does that second round running back look like? And you're taking that sort of four years of that player versus one year of uh, Kareem Hunt. Got you. Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's it's interesting because I don't think um, in two three years time we're gonna have the same running backs. We'll have totally new running backs. So uh, I can't I can't I think we will do the the Jack Wright thing and keep Chubb to the end of his contract, and we will get rid of Hunt at the end of his um, next year. Yeah, I, th- I think it's certainly um, it's going that way and if if we have an analytics driven front office which i think certainly seems the direction it's going they're not going to be sitting there going well do we keep miles garrett or do we keep nick chubb is it, that sort of decision's not hard um if we're going to pay probably a market setting contract at quarterback which all quarterback contracts extensions more or less start out as you're going to have top of the market pass rusher in miles garrett you're potentially going to have top of the market on obj you're then not able to pay a running back because that's going to be a massive amount of your salary cap just on three players. And then if you're talking about paying a top of the market running back, well, that's four. And then suddenly you can't afford any other quality. So you're looking at a load of undrafted free agents and then four superstars. And what, what is the point of having, say, two undrafted free agents on your O-line? Um, you the rest of your wide receiver core is going to be undrafted free agents. So if you cover OBJ, then you can get loads of space. You cannot go down that route of just paying four superstars and then having a really bad um, 49 on the roster. Um, you've got to spread that money. And it's, it's been the hallmark of sort of the Patriots way for the last um, sort of Bill Belichick salary cap era um, of let's have lots of quality lots of that middle tier talent. And if you rip out the middle of a roster, just so you can pay a few superstars, you're not going to have a very good team. And where can people find this article, Jack? So this article's on thedogland.com, um, which is a site run by Anthony Jokey and Matt, not Matt, and Jack McCurry. Um, Jack's obviously been on the podcast, I think it's three or four times. And the one last part of this deal is, do you tender to move him on? Because he, Kareem Hunt, at the end of the day, is the backup running back for the Browns. Um, we've got a lot of starters we're missing. So here's just a list of starters um, that we're missing next season. We've got left tackle, right guard, right tackle, wide receiver three, defensive tackle, linebacker, linebacker, slot cornerback, safe, strong safety, free safety. And that's working on Njoku staying because Dorsey's now gone. So that is 10 starters you're missing. We do not have the draft capital and salary cap space to replace all 10 of those starters this offseason. So 
there's the route and it's what I've put out there. Pender with a third with Nick Chubb. And not with Nick Chubb, with Kareem Hunt. And then if someone gives you that third round pick or you trade him off and get a third round pick, you can spend it on filling one of these people. So you could potentially bring in a defensive tackle in the third round uh, who's going to give you more and be a starter playing 60% of snaps than a backup running back that potentially plays 33% of snaps. And for me, that's a direction the team seriously need to consider because we need starters. We've got lots of holes on the offense and defense. So let's grab a player. So you either, if you want to keep him, you give him a second, um, which I think the team will do. If you want to fill the holes and sort of deal with starters that are going to make a difference on 100%, 80%, 60% of snaps rather than a backup running back, then put a third on him. um, And that's where I'm at as a position. So we'll be interesting to know once we get the tender value, probably tell us and there might be the idea of they tender him with a second that Pete Smith's thrown out and then trade him and sort of control that um, pick that he's swapped for which uh, is certainly the direction but I would say second they're looking to keep him third they're looking to trade him and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens it appears I've lost Paul so I'm going to wrap up the podcast unless he jumps back in so thank you very much guys for listening uh, on Twitter I'm at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. Thank you for uh, listening to the show. Follow me on Twitter. Any questions, feel free to tweet them at me. I'm always happy to answer um, and give my information. You've got Paul Brown following him on Instagram or um, Twitter. It's at Paul Brown underscore UK. Um, You've got the Dogland, um, which is at the Dog. D-A-W-G land. Um, That's run by Anthony and Jack. So make sure you follow them. Make sure you check out their podcast as well. You've got um, 1089 Gridiron. Um, So no, thank you very much to them guys for uh, putting up with me. And no, have a fantastic Sunday. Um, Two cracking games. Um, I reckon the Saints can smash the Vikings. And then that, that other game, who knows which way it's going. Edge of your seat stuff. Have a fantastic time. Go Browns.